Good morning. I want to clarify a couple things that uh, Karen shared at the start there. So uh, uh, if you could sign up for Rooted today, that would be really great. But if for some reason you forget and you remember tomorrow or Tuesday earlier, please still sign up. It's not too late. But if you sign up today, that would be really helpful to us. And then she mentioned 242, the the college groups that we do. So if, if, if that doesn't mean much to you, college age students, it's not just for people in college, but if you're college age. So what's happening next week down in the venue will just be a uh, kind of an introduction to the opportunity to get connected to a group, that college age groups led by college age students here. So if you're interested in checking that out, show up next week. Well, today we're looking at Proverbs 2, and uh, I would like to read this passage before we turn to it today. So Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companions of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. This is God's word. Last week, I uh, listened to an audiobook. I listened to a lot of audiobooks when I go for walks. Uh, it was called On Desperate Ground. Uh, it tells the story of one of the greatest battles of the Korean War, which honestly is a, a, a war that I know very little about, have not read about too much. But uh, this is about the battle called the Battle of Chosin Reservoir. And uh, it, was, it was located along a strategic supply line, uh, kind of a route for the American UN forces as they were advancing up into North Korea. One of the advanced companies was company, uh, Fox Company, and they were assigned to secure and hold a high point around that area to, to be a place that would sort of protect the supply route. And so uh, this particular day, they boarded their trucks, seven uh, mile ride up into the mountainous valley in open air trucks. Uh, They get there and uh, then they hauled all their gear to the top of uh, what became known as Fox Hill. Um, Once they were done with that, I mean, they were, they were cold and exhausted and they were tired. It was, it was, uh, temperature was below zero by that time. It's November, it's in the mountains, it's 5 p.m., daylight is almost gone. At that point, all they really wanted to do is to get in some warming tents, drink some hot coffee, have some sea rations. 
the sense of urgency of uh, doing any more really wasn't, they, re- they really didn't have that because at this point, there was no awareness of any kind of communist Chinese forces in that area. In fact, the, the military leadership had, had thought very little about how the Chinese would get involved or just didn't think they would. And so there just wasn't that sense of urgency. But instead of warming tents and hot coffee, uh, Captain Barber, their commander, uh, ordered the men to form a perimeter uh, along the hill and start digging foxholes immediately. Uh, there would be no warming tents, there would be no fires that night. And uh, many of the men honestly cursed the order. They thought it was uh, crazy given kind of the sense of uh, no threat from their awareness. But they followed the order, they formed a perimeter, and they dug in. They dug their foxholes in frozen, rock-hard ground. That very night, shortly after midnight, the communist Chinese forces attacked. And for six hours, wave after wave of these uh, forces kept coming. Around dawn of that first day of many days of fighting, uh, as the fighting began to subside, uh, Fox Company lost a number of men, but they held the hill. And one of the men who the night before was complaining about all this preparations and digging in when all they wanted was a hot tent and hot coffee, uh, admitted that if Captain Barber had not taken the precautions he did in setting up the perimeter and having the men dig in, they would have all been wiped out. Captain Barber exhibited military wisdom in having, you know, the men dig in, form the perimeter. To do anything else simply would have been foolish. You know, sometimes as we walk through our lives, we can feel a little bit like those soldiers in Fox Company, uh, sort of unaware of the, the very real dangers that are around us. And we can sort of be unaware of the need to even take precautions to guard against the dangers. And yet the reality is, in this life, as we journey through this life, there are very real dangers. There are spiritual, emotional, rela- uh, relational dangers, whether we are aware of them or not. They're there and they threaten our well-being. But here's the good news. Uh, we are not left alone. We are not left alone to sort of figure our way out in this world. We have one who has spoken to us, who gives us wisdom and a kind of wisdom that can protect us and guide us through this life. We're in the midst of a sermon series called uh, Becoming Wise, A Matter of Life or Death. And uh, whether we will find wisdom or not really is a matter of life or death. Wisdom offers us a lot of things, and we're going to see that over the, the coming weeks. But one of the things Scripture teaches us is that, that wisdom is a lot like a foxhole. It offers us protection. And like a foxhole, it takes a lot of work to acquire wisdom. We can have wisdom, but we need to seek it. Today, as we, we look at Proverbs 2, uh, as we saw last week, we looked at Proverbs chapter 1 last week, and there's the, the father and the, the mother that are instructing the son in, in to, to seek wisdom. And as we come to chapter 2, the father continues this instruction, and he instructs the son on the work that is needed to acquire wisdom, as well as the protection that the son will find as he seeks that wisdom. And so I want to look at uh, the first half of this uh, first, which is initially looking at just this, the work of seeking wisdom, the work of seeking wisdom. Look at verse 1 again. It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, 
making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. And uh, that's right in the middle of a sentence, right? If, if, if. He, he's talking about if you will do these things. If you seek it, he's going to get to the then here in a little bit. But notice all the words of seeking in those four verses, right? Receive, treasure up, make your ear attentive, incline your heart, call out, raise your voice, seek it, search for it. These are all active words, right? These are all things that we do to seek wisdom. God is offering us something incredibly valuable. He's offering us wisdom. But the Father is describing that there's effort needed uh, to find it. It's something similar to what we would do if we lose something valuable. I'm guessing more than a few of you lost your phone this week, right? Anybody lose a phone this week? Don't raise your hand. Uh, it's, it's just part of life, right? And uh, for most of us, uh, we think our phones are a little bit valuable. And so what do you do when you lose your phone? Some of us go, glory, hallelujah, some time away from my phone. This would be great. But uh, most of us, we go on this relentless pursuit until we find our phone, right? I mean, we dig in the couch cushions. We go out in the car. Did it fall between the console and my seat? We, we get at friends and family to hunt with us. I'm seeing some people laughing because you had this experience this week. You have your, uh, your family or friends call your number to see if you can hear it ring. I mean, you just will not stop until you find your phone, right? Because it's valuable to you. You search for the thing that's valuable. Wisdom is valuable. Wisdom is incredibly valuable. And because it is, the Father is encouraging His Son to pursue it, to work hard for it, to seek it, to, a kind of relentless, consistent pursuit of wisdom. And He says, if the Son will seek, three times, if, 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 He says, then He will find. And if you look at verse 5 and verse 9, they both begin with them. This is the, the, the kind of the, what He's going to experience if he will seek it. And so the Father describes the promise that is held out to any who, who, who will diligently seek for wisdom. And so in verse 5 he says, If you will seek it, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come understanding and knowledge. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching, the way, watching over the way of his saints. If the son will seek wisdom, he says, then he will understand the fear of the Lord. He will find the knowledge of God. The reality is the search for wisdom is a search for God. It's all about finding God because he's the source of wisdom, right? If he seeks wisdom, he will understand the fear of the Lord. And as Steve mentioned last week, the fear of the Lord involves relating to him as he really is. If we have the fear of the Lord, we will move towards him. We will pay attention to him. We will reverence him. We will respect him. We will obey him. So the search for wisdom is really coming to this place with God. And when we do, verse 6 says what? That the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So it's kind of interesting. The first part you know, tells us we need to seek wisdom. And in the seeking of wisdom, we find God. But then God 
gives wisdom. So there's some mystery here, right? We both seek wisdom, and it's a gift of grace. But in the coming to the fear of the Lord, we, we experience God as a giver of wisdom, this grace of wisdom that he gives to us. In verse 8, we see this idea of a, a path, right? And that's one of the kind of the, the things you see in wisdom literature, two paths. There's a good path and a, and a bad path. The Father talks about this, this, this path that... Uh, paths of justice or the way of the saints. And, and the Father's making it clear that if the Son will seek, He will find a wisdom that will put Him on that good path. And He will experience, verse 7, the Lord is a shield. And verse 8, as one who guards and watches over Him. Protection, right? Protection. In verse 9, we find the second then. Uh, if you will seek wisdom, in verse 9, He says... Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. If you seek wisdom, he's saying you're going to gain understanding about some things. You're going to gain understanding about righteousness and about justice, about equity. You will come to understand every good path. I mean, it would kind of get clear, this is the good path. He says, if you seek wisdom, it will come into your heart. It will come into the very core of who you are. It will give you understanding. It will give you discretion. He says that we'll watch over you and guard you. And we all desperately need this, right? We all desperately need wisdom to come into the very core of who we are. We live in a world with a lot of foolishness, honestly. I mean, foolish is, it's around us. It's sort of the, the air we breathe. It's the, 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 the world around us. And so we need wisdom to come into the very core of who we are so that we do not get sucked into foolishness. But if we will seek wisdom, it says wisdom will come into our heart. It will help us understand what is right and just and equitable. It will help us recognize every good path. And he says in verse 10, that's actually going to be very pleasant to your soul. Sometimes we can wonder, right, is the way of wisdom really going to be really good? This looks pretty enticing and attractive over here, this other way. He's saying if you will seek wisdom, it will be pleasant to your soul. As you think about how wisdom is described here, who wouldn't want this, right? Who wouldn't want this, this wisdom that leads to the fear of the Lord, to the knowledge of God? that gives us understanding, that serves to guide us and protect us, and that's ultimately well-pleasing to our soul. Who wouldn't want this? The Father is saying that if we will do the work to seek it, we will find this kind of wisdom. We'll find this wisdom. As you think about the picture of this earnest seeking that he communicates here, how does your seeking for wisdom compare? How does mine compare? Are you receiving it? Are you treasuring up wisdom? Are you, are you making your ear attentive? Do you incline your heart? Do you call out and raise your voice for it? Do you seek and search for it like treasure? Proverbs one thirty two says that the complacency of fools destroys them. The complacency of fools destroys them. There's nothing complacent in what the Father's advocating here, right? He's talking about effort, work, 
diligence, persistence. But the complacency of fools, those who will not seek wisdom, it destroys them. Are we seeking wisdom? Are we applying effort? It takes work. So we come to the second half of Proverbs 2. The the father begins to focus on benefits. We're seeing some benefits already. But in the second half half of Proverbs 2, he makes it explicitly clear that one of the benefits of wisdom is protection. It it guards us. It protects us. So I want to look at this. Again, the, the, the structure of Proverbs 2 is... If you seek, and he says that three times, if, 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 if you seek, then you will find something. He says, then you will find something twice. As we come to the second half of the Proverbs, he he lays out two scenarios that you will be delivered from. In both verse 12 and both verse 16, and verse 16, you find the word deliver, or some translations say save, and he, he talks about two different scenarios, that wisdom, once found and experienced, it will deliver you from these things. So he's talking about how it protects us. In the first scenario, verses 12 through 15, the father's talking about a group of men who leave the path of wisdom. In the second one, he's talking about the, the seductive woman who, who tempts the youth to leave the path of wisdom. Both of these are, are metaphors for evil, for, for foolishness that, that calls out to us. So look at verse 12. It says, Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. If you find wisdom, it will deliver you from this, from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. Uh, These are men, the Father says, they, they forsake the paths of righteousness. They are walking a different path. They are walking a path of foolishness. They're walking in the way of darkness. Their moral compass is just all mixed up. They rejoice in doing evil. They delight in the perverseness of evil. Wisdom delivers from this. And again, it, this is a metaphor for evil. This is the, you know, it's, it's a metaphor, but we also know very real scenarios, right? Where, where there's people that live just like this, that are walking this kind of path. Wisdom delivers us from this. Wisdom protects if we will seek it. In the second category of danger, you have the father addressing his son, addressing the lure of sexual sin. I just want to say this, like, this is a father in this scenario addressing his son. And so the warning's about the forbidden woman. But the, the mother or father could be addressing their daughter, and they would warn about the seductive man, right? And so it's just the fact that it's a father addressing his son here. Last week, Steve mentioned about how sexual sin is one of the areas that, that is repeatedly addressed in Proverbs. And, and uh, the reality is there, there's a lot of danger from, from sexual sin in our, in our world. So it makes sense that Proverbs focuses on this a lot. But, but the point here that the Father is going to say, if you will seek wisdom, it will protect you from this danger as well. Look at verse 16. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. And so it's this picture of a, an adulterous woman calling out, seeking to lure in the, the son. 
It's picturing sin as something that's seductive and tempting and that once lures us in, there is death. Her house goes down to death. Those who go to this woman, it says, they leave the path that leads to life. And, and so clearly, there, there's very clear warning against all kind of sexual sin here, any kind of sexual sin. But we should also understand this woman in this situation is a metaphor for evil, this, the, how evil wants to tempt us and attract us. And, and it's a warning against any kind of unfaithfulness to God in any area of life. Wisdom will protect from this scenario. And what the father is saying is that the son, if the son will do the hard work of seeking wisdom, he will be protected from sexual sins, from unfaithfulness to God. He will be protected from those men walking that, that other path. And instead, what the, the son will experience is life because wisdom will help him stay on the good path. Look at verse 20. He says, if you seek wisdom, it will enter your heart, and, and so you will walk in the way of the good, and you will keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. If you seek and find wisdom, you will walk in the way of the good, in the way of the good people. If you find wisdom, it will help you keep on the path of righteousness. And he says, you will inhabit the land. He's talking about how the one who finds wisdom and walks this good path, there's a kind of stability and, and kind of a solidness to life. But those who don't, who go a different path, they will, they will be cut off. There will not be stability. There will not be solid footing. But wisdom, it protects us. It guards us in this life. It gives us stability. So we need to seek wisdom. It takes work, but the work is worth it because you will find wisdom. It will come into your heart. It will protect you. It will keep you on this path that is stable and secure. Whatever price we have to pay to seek wisdom, it will be worth it. Worth it. It's all about seeking God. So what I want to do in our last few moments is just talk a little bit about, like, practically, how do we seek God? What, what are ways that God has given us to actually seek Him in practical ways? Let me give you four thoughts. One is be in God's Word regularly. Be in God's Word regularly. God has graciously revealed himself through the pages of Scripture, right? You simply will not become wise if you're not in God's word regularly. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our, our thoughts, right? And so we need his word to be forming us and, and shaping us. We need to be in God's word regularly. We need his word to be taking root in our lives and, and shaping us. We become wise as day by day, year by year, we, we spend time in God's Word, and we let it form us and shape us. Last week, Steve uh, encouraged us to take time to read the Proverbs. Proverbs, he, Steve said last week, has been given to make us wise. And so the encouragement is during this sermon series on becoming wise, uh, read the Proverbs. Read a, a chapter a day, and maybe you focus in on a verse or two that you are going to take with you as you move throughout the day. But, but obviously, all of Scripture is given to make us wise. And so we need to broadly be in God's word, but be in God's word regularly. Secondly, ask God for wisdom. The, the proverb talks about calling out for it, right? James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives 
generously. We saw that in the proverb. God gives wisdom. He gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. All of us are on a journey of growth for wisdom. All of us lack wisdom in some areas. And so we all can call out to God, and he promises that he will give wisdom. So we ask God for wisdom. Third, surround yourself with wise people. Surround yourself with wise people. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. The people we spend time with, they form us, they shape us, they influence us. Those who walk with the wise become wise. Who are you spending time with? And obviously, you know, we cannot remove ourselves from rubbing shoulder from people who are living in a foolish way. I mean, we would have to go out of this world, right, to, to, to have that experience. And the scriptures are not advocating that. As we move through our days, rubbing shoulders with classmates and uh, people at work and, and neighborhood, whatever, I mean, we, we can't avoid, you know, being around people who are walking a path of foolishness. But who are your companions? Who do you walk with? you walk with wise people, you will become wise. If you walk with foolish people, it leads to suffering harm. It's been some years now since his passing, but uh, some of you uh, remember Gene Herman. Some of you spent time with Gene Herman. And uh, Gene was one of these guys that you simply wanted to spend time with because he was wise. In, In his old age, as his body became frail he still had this sparkle of joy in his eyes. He was, he was kind, he was gracious, and he was wise. And, and I love to spend time with Gene, whether that was a drive out towards the lake where they lived or if it was him popping by the office. I, I love to spend time with Gene because he was wise. He traveled further down the road of life, and, and he could speak to the wisdom of, of following a good path. You know, one of the thing, hard things about this this. this idea of two paths. There's this path, there's the, the, the foolish path and the wise path, is it really, it's an act of faith to walk the wise path because is this really going to be pleasant to my soul? Or is this going to lead, lead to misery in my life? This looks so attractive, this over here, it looks like I, you know, it's right here. And there's something about being able to take time with someone who has chosen a good path and walked that path a long time and they can give actual testimony to the wisdom of walking a good path. Who are the Gene Hermans in your life? Who are the people that have walked faithfully with God for some time that you're letting to to be around you to to speak into your life? Whoever walks with the wise become wise, but the companion of fools will will suffer harm. Uh, We we need to find mentors. We need to find people that are, are, these people that are wise and have journeyed their ways because they will form us, they will shape us in wisdom. I want to say this to children, kids. Maybe you haven't listened to anything I've been saying yet. But I want to tell you, kids, that one of the gifts that God has given to you are your parents. And and none of your parents are perfect. They're not perfectly wise. But but you will be a wise person if you listen to your parents. Uh, They have traveled a little ways. And they have some wisdom and insight from their own life experience. Now, having said that, parents, 
uh, there's a kind of accountability for you to seek wisdom, right? Um, if, if your children are looking to you for wisdom. But it is one of the gifts that God gives younger people, parents that can give wisdom. One of the reasons we encourage everyone to get connected here at Faith and, and, and life groups are the way we encourage that, rooted or the way that we encourage that. Because um, if you're living a spiritually disconnected life, if you really don't have spiritual friendships, the chances of finding yourself on a foolish path are way, way higher. We need spiritual friends. We need to be journeying with people uh, in this Christian life. And that's why we do uh, groups. That's why we do Rooted. Surround yourself with wise people. Finally, um, get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus. If you were here this summer, we focused on Jesus. We looked at Colossians, right? And just kind of the, how he is just surpassing in every way. But Colossians 2, 3 says this. It says of Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If we want to become wise, we simply must get to know Jesus. He's the wisest who has ever lived. And so pay attention to Jesus. This is part of the reason we, we, we go to places like the Gospels. And, and we, we notice how he lived and how he interacted with people and the things he said and how he thought and how he prayed. We simply must get to know Jesus if we want to become wise. He is he's the ultimate mentor when it comes to becoming wise in this life. And so get to know Jesus. Wisdom, it protects us. We have to seek it to find it. But if we will seek, we will find that wisdom guides us, it protects us, it gives us a kind of stability. But here's the thing. All of us know people that that have walked a really wise path, and and yet they still had really devastating things that happened in their lives, right? Hard things, tough things, difficult things. What about that? Today, we're celebrating communion. Communion. And Jesus told us to do this to, to remember him. As we, as we celebrate communion, as we remember Jesus, we remember that his body was broken, his blood was shed for us, that we might be forgiven, that we might find spiritual life in him. And in the eating of the bread and drinking of the cup, we are reminded that he has protected us from ultimate danger. That's the ultimate answer when hard stuff still happens, right, to those who walk a good path, that God has entered into our world, he's entered into our history, and he has saved us. And he's ensured that we will never be eternally separated from God. And so today, as we celebrate communion, my encouragement to you as believers in Jesus, just give thanks that we find protection in God. Give thanks that we have ultimate protection because of the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you have not trusted in Jesus, my encouragement to you during this time is that you would just take these moments that you would cry out to Jesus. God, I'm sinful. I acknowledge that. I'm I'm looking to you to save me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. That is an invitation of grace that, that he offers to all of us. Our hope is that this morning you would come to that belief and that faith. At faith, we invite all who are believers in Jesus to join us. And, uh, and so if you are here in person, hopefully you grab the, the cups out there. If you join us from home, we hope you have prepared and you have juice and bread to join us. In a moment, uh, we'll take the bread and after some words of scripture, we'll eat together and then we'll take the juice. Again, after some scripture, we will uh, drink together. I'm going to pray and I want to give you just a couple of moments to, to talk to God, to give thanks to God, to, to, to call out to him for wisdom. And so would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this 
these, this moment today that we can pause and reflect on the, the reality that, that whatever life brings us, whatever danger we face here, that we have this ultimate security in Christ because we, we through the blood and the, the, the broken body of Christ, uh, we are forgiven and, and we, we know that there, we will never be separated from you, Father. And so there's that, there's that ultimate protection. And so in these moments, we give you thanks and, and uh, we just want to look to Jesus now in these moments. And so take a moment just to uh, talk to God, whatever's on your heart. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after... Supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for this celebration of communion, a reminder of Jesus and his life given for us. And... Uh, we give you thanks that in him we find ultimate protection. And God, as we, we walk into our week, as we continue this, this journey of life, may we each be people who seek wisdom, seek and find the wisdom that you offer and, and find the protection of that. God, thank you that you have revealed this to us through your word, through the life of Christ. And uh, it's modeled through uh, wise people around us. May we be people who seek and find your wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able, let's stand together.
thy presence. I need thy presence. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself So there you go. Hey, uh, but as we close here today, um, if you came prepared to give, uh, just want you to know there's a, a few ways to do that. You can give in your in the boxes at the back of the room as you leave the worship center. Uh, you can also give on our website as well as through the church center app. I'd like to lead us in this prayer just as an act of worship today. So let's pray this out loud together today. Generous God, we marvel at your lavish gifts to us life and breath, food and shelter, opportunities for work and play, and most especially, hope and peace in Christ. We now pledge ourselves to mirror and reflect the glory of your self-giving love, to continue in the pattern of generosity we see perfectly revealed in Christ, through whom we pray. Amen.